All right, recording. Hey guys, welcome back to the flip side. Today we are talking about the illusion of shapes and variations. Uh, I am personally a little confused on the way that Chris is going to be phrasing this because I don't 100% think the same way Chris does. Most of the time we do. This one I'm a little apprehensive on. So I, I really want to get a good viewpoint and good starting basis on where we're going. So Chris, would you like to explain for me? Yeah, okay. So um, the reason that Steven came up is because I've got a bulky body type. So I have short limbs and a big core. So it's really hard for me to get really nice shapes. So if I do a cheat nine, um, you know, you just see a geo dude, you know, and like a little leg coming out or you do a cork snappu, and it's like, okay, I saw him pause, but I didn't necessarily see like a kick or a big shape. And I'm like, okay, so how do I get my shapes to look bigger and better and more aggressive and more snappy and like to stand out in a way that doesn't involve changing the way my body looks like, cause you can't really change that. You know, you can only change that to a point. So something that I started doing was wearing jeans and that made a big difference um, because I think it just made it more obvious about how much I was splitting my legs. Um, and then that led into something else. I go, well, so if it's making it more obvious how clean my form is, then something else I can do is control the changes that are occurring. So instead of just trying to find a pose, I wanted to try to find um, like a drastic switch up. So for example, a cheat nine. Okay. If I do a cheat nine and I don't bend my knees very much. And so I'm taking off, my knees are pretty straight and I just kick hip height. I, I can have relatively straight legs the entire time. Um, and, and then you can just come out of the cheat nine with a hook and it still is like still a cheat nine. But if you're going to do an over Charizard cheat nine, you can go really low on your takeoff, really bend those knees into that cheat step, and then really accentuate your arms coming up and over, getting pulling them in really tight, and then raising the knees in really aggressively and really high. So, and you're instead of just aiming for the shape of the kick, you can aim for all the shapes throughout the trick. So, you're like, what would look really sick as I'm taking off for the cheat nine? What position is that? And it's like, it's like a side lunge, right? And you're like leaning away from that cheek kick and then you lean into it, you take off, you've got that really high knee and then you switch knees really high knee and then you snap out that kick and you, you're still in chamber with that other leg before you reach it out. It's just like hitting these other body positions and not letting your arms stay out during your trick so that whatever it is that you're trying to focus on. So if you're trying to focus on that round kick, keeping your arms in and out of the way so that it's not gonna draw eyes. Okay. So it's, it's in a way that my brain keeps going to it is like the way to make your shapes and variations just like, just like chef's kiss. Like what is the best, almost the best way of making them, I guess. Right. Because I mean, tricks happen so quickly. So how do you make a trick pop in? And initially when I started tricking, I was like, well, if I do a D leg, the longer I hold the D leg the more obvious it is that I did a D leg. True. Okay, this makes sense. This is how I've done it most of the time, but that's really strenuous on your body and it makes it really hard to do cork D leg twists. It makes it really hard to do things out of it if it's not an ending trick. Um, it just doesn't really follow along the physics of 
you know, the parabola that your body is following when you're taking off. So instead now what I'm focusing on is instead of holding it for a long time, I just want to hold it at the correct time. And I want to go from one change into it and out of it. So um, a better example, well, I guess cork D leg works. So uh, I was actually watching Levi Borgo's cork D legs, which are extremely interesting because he doesn't do like a, the way I used to do it is I would swing and I would immediately turn over almost into a side flip barrel and my D leg would start right from the floor and it would yeah. turn all the way over. Very exaggerated. Yeah. And I was like, because I'm holding it for a longer period of time. So then it, it's more obvious. But then I started to do cork delay twist and I would be like, oh, I'm holding it for 50% of the flip and then I'm doing my twist. But then other people wouldn't start their D leg until the peak and they would hold it at the last 50% and then twist. And I was like, that is completely the opposite of the way I do it. And the way I do it is ugly. <laughs> so how can I, <laughs> so how can I still hit this position and still make it look snappy and poppy, but also yeah. make it look like I'm performing it properly and I want it to be an overcharge. I don't know. It's not about getting it done. Like I can always land it, but I want it to look right. And so what I've been playing with is I'll do a cork as tucked as possible and my arms will be in tight. And then at the right time, I'll snap out my feet and my legs and I'll lean back into my pike position and then uh, keeping those arms in. And then after I snap those feet out, then I'll shoot them to the floor and I like, and so I'll, I'll leave that pike position as aggressively as possible. So I get into it and leave it. Those are two separate actions. Instead of just doing the D leg and then being like, now I'm going to twist, you go in, you go out, then you twist. Because this, the visual of actively controlling what you're doing and snapping into those body positions so aggressively, which I know in gymnastics, that's pretty much what you guys are all about. It's like you do a layout and you're like snap into it and you're like, you're stuck. And you hold. Yeah. It's just a massive squeeze. And I'm kind of trying to relate that. And um, something that I was doing the other day that made a lot more sense was box cutter. I had always done a box cutter, like a cork hyper hook. And I was like, my hook comes out while I'm twisting. And that's actually yeah. not it at all. I actually was doing a cork, tucked and then I wouldn't even reach for the floor I would just come out I would complete the cork hyper and then after I was already there then I would do a hook kick separate from the flip because the flip is already completed and I was like whoa that's crazy and because then my leg isn't dragging across during the twist the leg is still in then I complete the cork and then I go now kick it out and it looks so much better because it's going from not there to there and it's just it's an aggressive change instead of just always being ready i don't want it to just be available and then it follows the plane you know yeah no you want it to be like snappy in in, over charizard's like perfect in a way um yeah no that makes more sense now okay so we kind of do some I, I kind of teach twisting that way in a way because like perfect twisting you do it in a layout position because that is the easiest way to twist anyway and it's preferred like if you're going to try to do a triple twist you're not going to do it in the tuck position because like that's so much harder than it sounds anyway <laughs> uh, so the way that i like to start teaching twist timing though is i will teach them to do a front pike and then snap open and twist 
so that they learn how to time it so where they feel themselves upside down and just twist. So you can pretty much do that up until probably a Rudy. You can actually use that same technique of just a slight pike and pop it open because that pop open really accentuates the twist timing and the twist motion. Yeah, and that heel drive, like that is the body position you need. So if they go, they start in one and then snap into the other, then they know they're in it, which is kind of what I'm talking about too, where it's like, don't just like ride into the position and assume you're there. Start one way and then go into it midway. Like you start one way that's wrong and then you snap into that position. So it's like, oh, you're there. Yeah, you're like, whoa. (laughs) Um, I would say that's like, kind of dance skills in women's gymnastics is it's oh that's a good point copy, very flashy like you can tell if it's they did it to get it done and to like it's it's there compared to like oh my god like that was like perfect like split is over what over 180 the twist is just on point there, there's like no oh they were like a quarter of a twist off like no it was dead on like a half a full triple who cares what it is it's just like it's beautiful but like um so for other shapes and variations so like i mean we were talking thinking about snafu if you're doing it in like a tuck position i feel like kicking out and then pulling it back in would look kind of weird in a way because it's not like the way that I would think about it. Like I think if, if I was really going to be doing a snafu, like I need my cork or like if I'm doing cork snafu, I should say, sorry. Um, if I do that, like in a tuck, I feel like that would be harder. It would be easier to push my legs out because you have everything kind of tensed up and ready to go. So it has all the extra energy to actually just pop open, but I don't feel like it would look quite as good per se in my head. Like, I think cork snap, you have like perfectly straight legs. You see this big open and you just snap it together and it looks like super dope. But like um, a kick double full, like if you do it right, it looks like super clean. Unless it's just like some crap where it's like big kick and they pull it and they have to like super pike it down because they're not getting enough rotation. Then it just looks really weird. But that's the way that uh, a tuck cork snap feels to me. I know I'm being repetitive here, but what would make like in your opinion though would it look better being tucked would it just be like potentially like their their body type or would it be just more of the charmander version of what you want yeah so for me the reason that the tuck is so relevant is because it's the most drastic change so that's that's what comes to my head and also it's really difficult to go from the open leg kick into a straight leg twist because because your legs are separate and then what ends up happening is the kick goes into the twist and then you just don't have enough time to bring the leg the legs together before you complete the twist like your twist is basically just going to complete i mean and then the only um the only alternative to that i believe would be like pulling in your left leg only so if you snap it with your right then you just tuck your left leg so that you basically are doing a cork hyper and then you tuck your left leg for that 360 spin. Huh. And that way you can still land with your right leg straight and the majority of your weight on your left leg leaning forward because then that's essentially like a shitty eagle. Yeah. But, but the more accentuated version of that is both legs tucked. Hmm. So that's why I think that. And also 
the the other thing that I've been doing with the both legs tucked at the end, it creates the illusion of excess height, which is also another form of extra Charizard. So if you're having the straight legs, you can land straight up and that would be something. But if you have bent knees and you come down and snap your feet open as you land and be like, oh shit, <laughs> like he had time. Right, right. I just did it. Like that's Yeah. And then it's also more repetitive too, in the sense where you start in a tuck and then you snap out both feet. And here's the other thing. Kicks are harder to do if both your legs are straight because your hip oh, yeah. flexor is moving the entirety of the weight of your leg versus just the weight of your knee. So going up in a tuck position, splitting your knees apart, and then like doing an X out or like a snapu positioning after you put the legs out there, it allows a greater distance between your knees, which, which is a much larger variation. Um, I see a lot of times where people will just have the left knee bent and then the right leg straight. And it's essentially a cork D leg, but it's, yeah. a, it's a swipe or like it's a cork D leg twist, but it's a, a cork snap just because one knee is bent. And it's like, okay, yes, you're doing the trick, but you would like to see the most accentuated version of that, which is the yeah. leg split. And that I believe is going to be achieved um, most consistently through tucked knees. Okay. And so having the tuck knees to start and then having the tuck knees to end is also like repetition. So then it's like, oh, he started this way. Whoa. And then he, whoa, like it, it's not too much at once for like an audience to like observe. Yeah. Cause it's like little pops of stuff. Yeah, it's like once you, it's like it looks good when you do two variations, but when you once you add three or four, then it just is like too muddled. Like it's impressive, but like even to people who are trickers, it's like it's not the most aesthetically pleasing variation. <laughs> yeah, and it's like yeah, it's okay, right? So the tuck, so kind of going on that tuck thing. Um, in my head, I think when if like if you're doing cork snapper and you did it with bent legs and you did like the kick out. Like my head just goes like, oh, so you do an X out and then you just bring it back together and do a, a snap. So would it, I mean, long, my brain thinks of it differently because I'm still not 100% up to lean. Um, I cannot hear you now. Easy. Does that make sense? Oh, now I can hear you. I couldn't hear yeah. you. All right, <laughs> try again. Part two. Okay, so in my head, even because I'm not up to lingo, and I, I, this might be going too far, but with the bent legs doing a cork snapu, if you go with bent legs, do your cork, and you really kick it out and then pull it back in, it almost feels like even if you bring your legs back in tucked, it, it in my head goes to cork x out snapu because those are like what the parts of the skill are or am i like just crazy thinking that way um so it'd be a it'd just be so if you do both feet out if you have two straight legs then it's an x out um and then you would call it x out twist so it'd be cork x out twist because that's like the pattern of the completion okay. that's like the new school way of doing it and then um if it's a if it's just the one straight leg, it's one kick being executed, then it's just a cork snapu. Um, so it's, it's, it's actually a one leg kick 
that can that makes it into the snafu. Right, but so what I'm saying though is like just because you're only kicking with one leg, you still want that other knee as far yeah, away from the other. You still want your knees split apart because it makes a, it makes a huge difference. Like that gap between the knees is actually extremely obvious while you're performing the trick. Oh yeah. Okay. Surprisingly, so that, that makes more sense with me. Sorry. Okay. I, I was thinking of different skills, and I was just like, wait. That doesn't make sense. Like I was just using the X out because it, it's like more obvious that the legs are yeah. split apart. Yeah, because you don't want them close together. No, but I mean, it's also harder to add in that those subtle variations, like even though like Snappu isn't 100% a, a subtle variation, but like once you start getting up to like trip, like uh, double cork variations, like double cork, like double cork Snappu, yeah. that it feels like it's a lot more subtle because you don't have the time <laughs> for sure pull back like if you could jesus christ your leg muscles and your groin you, muscles dude you should see some you should see some people do them out of cart and they look people some people's uh double full snappoos look better than other people's regular cork snappoos because the i mean they just do it right like they do get that full leg split that's crazy. And a lot of them, they'll like even sacrifice some some of the rotation. They'll like lay, they'll be like a bit short, but then their variation will be that much better. So like, which is crazy because it's like you would assume that they wouldn't have the time, or they'd be so worried about the flip twist ratio, and they're like, "No, I'm just gonna hit the variation, and then I'm gonna have time on the way down." And you're like, "Damn, like I'm doing it anyway." Yeah, so, he's got balls. <laughs> so really, the illusion of the shape and the uh, variation is really how much you want it to show. Because if it could be there, but if someone doesn't really notice it, they're like, oh, the, it, it, it's kind of meh, it's kind of a mid. But you can really make those subtle differences and it makes that much of a difference for a trick. Like if how much knee separation you have. Uh, I mean what other things oh my god my brain is just like going out for nowhere so that's great <laughs> well what's really cool about it the thing i like the most is is that it looks better but what's crazy is it's actually easier too really? because yes because i mean you can do a bullshit version of a cork snapper where your feet or your knees are together but then you've got just the one leg straight and one leg bent and it's like okay you can do that version but you are not i mean you're being efficient in a sense but in another sense you're just doing a double cork inefficiently true so instead of doing a double cork inefficiently you have to figure out how to do a cork swipe twist you can do a cork x out twist you could do a cork x out mega be like what flip twist ratios are making sense what you know where's my peak at what is my timing for the execution because and and when you're doing it the what i would say the correct way for just keep using cork snap was like with those bent knees you know you do a cork with bent knees i mean you have so much more control of your body you are being efficient that way your muscles are built to move in that way with the you know yeah. with the bent knees with the bent muscle i mean the muscles are able to actually move freely without the resistance of trying to squeeze out a straight leg at some time you're not trying to squeeze it in you're you're following the steps don't do a double cork with a kick in the middle do a cork round with a twist at the end 
that's what I'm trying to say is like, if your cork round is really clean, then why is your cork snapper so bad? Because you're doing a cork round yeah. first. Why is your cork round not coming first? Yeah, because it's it should at that point, because that's actually almost like the lead up. So it's almost an illusion to yourself of like, oh, I can't do that. And it's like, well, you can. Right. And have- it's even, it's harder to do a bad cork round. I feel like if you do a cork round with the bullshitty cork snapu tech, it's yeah. hard. Like, it would be more difficult. <laughs> that, okay. That is actually, hmm. So really, it's it's almost like if you're doing things the inefficient way, it's more of an illusion of like, oh, I'm just doing like these variations of some skill. <laughs> That's really what it is. Right. But Instead it, of actually, yeah. Which, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make it not it. It just makes it more yeah. difficult for you and it makes it look less good. So why not do the way that's easier for your body? And it's also, I mean, it's initially mentally more difficult because you probably are more used, say you're doing G-switch, G-switch, cork snap. You're probably more used to doing G-switch, G-switch, double cork than you are to do G-switch, G-switch, cork round or cork swipe um, and make it big. I mean, you don't do that as often, but just take the time to learn that because if you understand how to do a big lift into a single twist, then, um, yeah, it's just going to be way easier to add a twist at the end. I mean, because if you're going to do a double cork, you can yank out some pretty low double corks. But if you learn how to do a really high cork, then your, you know, your double cork variations are going to be that much better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. And then <laughs> something I wanted to mention about the cork D leg. So I did mention the thing about the box cutter, which make sure you remember that because it's crazy and I never even knew that and it's blowing my mind and I still need to train that on ground but it's crazy and I can't wait to do that but then um with the cork d-leg a revolution I came across was that um so obviously like I said you go up with tough knees and you and you kick it out like you're doing almost like a snapu but you just kick both feet um but then you don't drive your feet to the floor in a d-leg position what I've seen Levi be, he's been doing this a lot and it's actually been catching on around other people. And I don't know if they're doing it um, on purpose or because they're around him or because it just, when he does it, it looks like he's so much more powerful. And it's like this illusion of height and it's this illusion of control, but it still looks like he has a cork D leg the whole way through. What he's doing is he's snapping it out um, basically right at the top, just after the top. And he barely holds it for any time, but instead of holding his pike's position, he's not bent at the waist anymore. He straightens out really hard and postures up before he hits the ground. And it's like, instead of leaning over his pike, he's letting his feet go to the floor and he's looking up. Like he's turning to the left in a vertical position instead of turning to the left through a flip position. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it does. That's why. Okay. <laughs> That's so strange because. Because it's like, it's like you could do a cork D leg and you could be staring at the floor the whole time. Yeah, you could. But instead of staring at the floor, he sees the floor for like a millisecond as he's just starting his cork D leg. And as soon as he sees the floor, he brings his head up and his body immediately hits a vertical position. And it looks like his legs are still splicing across the initial plane but then his upper body is in a completely it's like not in the same line it's like over here while his hips his hips are square but his chest is turned to the sideways 
so essentially his legs are just carrying him through at one point. He just kind of lets it happen while he forces his upper body to start actually changing direction. That right. Is- and because it's because the position of the D leg is, it's not very strong. I mean, it's not a good position for your body to be in. Like you don't have a lot of muscles that hold that position, but you do like, especially compared to like a postured up position, the amount of muscles that you engage in a posture position versus a D leg position is just tremendously different. So to see him do that, it's really cool. And it's like, it's mechanically correct. And it also creates an illusion of height. It's the same thing as tucking. So instead of tucking, he's just bringing his chest up and you're like, wow, he's already tall. Like he's tall immediately. So he hits a D leg and he gets tall and then he falls to the floor. He doesn't have to just hold the D leg for effect. He's just getting tall for effect instead. And I'm like, that's a crazy way to think of it. I just never broke it down that way. And get this, it's easier to twist that way too. I tried that yeah. because once you get your chest up, because what I used to do is I would do it like almost like a front 540. I would hit a D leg and then I'd be like, oh, now I'm basically have like 540 twist left. So I would do 540 twist because my D leg yeah. would basically stop here. Um, but instead, yeah. if you, you keep driving it and then you get your chest up, then it's a 360. But I would always miss that chest up piece. So then I would try to twist and I would lose all my flip. So the chest up continues to flip and then you just turn around. And then you just move. It's, yeah, and it's yeah. that simple. I mean, that's what's crazy. These variations, just like what mechanically feels right. Is something hurting your body? Does this feel physically difficult? Then you're probably doing something wrong. Yeah. And I mean, uh, there is comparative. I mean, this isn't an easy sport either, right? But it's like, is it easier or harder than that way? And you just kind of, you know, try different things out and figure it out. Yeah, because it was like that one video that I sent. Oh, that, oh God, how many months ago was that now? it feels like forever where I was trying to do a TDR and I was like, just trying to do a one-handed like weird off axis Valdez. And I was just like, uh, this looks weird. And then I, I thought about him and I was like, okay, this makes sense. It's just a sideways back handspring. Like I can do that. It's on one arm. Like it's fine. I was trying to think about it, like trying to do, get myself to do a raise and this seemed easier. And my back hurt so bad when I didn't, I was like, oh yeah, that was, that was way wrong. And I looked at the video. I was like, that didn't look bad. It didn't look wrong, but it hurt like a son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, and I know what you're talking about too. I mean, a lot of people get a lot of um, like center split type groin pain from doing TDR because they think that that's how they turn it over or they get like a lot of shoulder pain because they're driving the TDR through their shoulder, but it's all driven through your hips. You just, you step however you want to step, but if your heel needs to drive backwards, just like you're going to do a Webster or something, and then you turn around and you don't drive your shoulder, you just turn around and then place your hand. You just, you stick it out, just like a, just like a little kick. You just like, boop, boop. You, yeah, it's not like you're not, you don't have to do that the whole way through. And people will do that. They'll do that all the way through, but they're not engaging it. They learn over time to not engage it. But you, if you're trying to you imitate that, then you do. So that's, that's the issue. Hmm. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, you can do it with any trick, like break it down mechanically and be like, what is the driving force of this trick? I mean, for TDR, it's still the hips, right? It's not breakdancing. So it's not going to be the shoulders. And even in breakdancing, the majority of the time, it's still the hips. Yeah. Because it's the easiest part in your body. It's the middle of your body. Yeah. Your body is hips. The rest of it just moves your hips. (laughs) Everything is centered around your hips. That's why there's your core, there's your hip and there's everything else just kind of like learning how to do it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> everything else is for locomotion <laughs> uh you got anything else to answer 
No, that's all I wanted to say. All right. So we will see you guys next time.